0: Welcome to Detoxing from the Matrix podcast, formerly known as Solbriety, where we talk all things awakening, ascension, consciousness, and the recovery of self, soul, and spirit from being strung out on the greatest drug of all, the external matrix. This podcast is a place for illuminating conversations that will take you from divided to divine, Pain into purpose and suffering to sovereignty, while we detox the fuck out of your mind, body, and soul from all those limited programs of separation, struggle, scarcity, and pain. I'm your host, Lindsay Caracardi, and this podcast is for all the rebel souls who seek to live deeply, authentically, and fully expressed as the divine badasses you are. Note, this episode was originally recorded when it was Sobriety podcast and has been added here to detoxing from the matrix due to copyright issues on the name Sobriety. I have no affiliation with the trademarked Sobriety brand or method. Welcome, welcome, welcome divine badasses to another episode, a divine download of Soul Variety, the podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Caracardi, and I am here, your fellow seeker of truth. I'm a new thought spiritual practitioner, master spiritual psychology coach. I'm in training to become a doctor of divinity and a new thought minister. I'm a teacher, a speaker, an author, and just all around liberator, all around anchor of truth. You guys, today we are talking about money codependency, which I know I say this all the time, but this is really one of my favorite, favorite topics, because this is really the topic of my liberation. It's the source of my liberation, and it's the source of your liberation. So that is what I am really here to bring to you today. So let's go ahead and get grounded, get connected, get centered, Grab yourself something to drink, sit up nice and tall. Let's take a deep breath in together and just be in this moment right here, right now and just recognizing the absolute perfection and power of the one source, the one mind, recognizing that it is all one source, it is all one spirit, and the spirit is the creator, it's God, it's source, it's infinite, infinite precise intelligence. And in this moment, I just recognize the precision in which this power expresses through us, through me, through you, as you, as me, as each and every one of us. And I recognize that the truth of this power is life. The truth of this power is abundance, it is prosperity, it is harmony. And I just recognize that that is the truth of who you are from deep within you. And anything else is the lie. Anything else is a limited belief that you've been buying into. And so today I just declare a powerful podcast, a powerful conversation where we are going to shatter perspectives, where we are going to raise consciousness, raise the frequency and turn up the volume on soul sovereignty. That is what this is really about. So I just release this up knowing fully it is just law. It is done. My word is law. This podcast is on fire. We are going to have a powerful conversation today. And so it is. So one of the biggest things in my life that was a profound drop in for me was the true embodied recognition that I don't actually have to manage anything, that all things relating to supply and life and flow are being managed for me. I was huge when i got that when i really started to understand universal law and i really started to understand metaphysics and energy and vibration and understand that there was nothing i needed to micromanage that's when my life really started to change that's when my experience with money really started to change that's when my experience in my relationships really started to change success all the things and so i want to offer you a quote this is from melody betty Beatty. She wrote codependent no more. And she says a codependent person is one who has let another person's behavior affect him or her and who is obsessed with controlling that person's behavior. So now what if we just swapped this out and we said a money codependent person is one who has let money's behavior affect him or her and who is obsessed with controlling Money's behavior, aka flow. How does that land? I know, and I recognize that it's it's hard enough in itself to take ownership over being codependent because let's just be real. None of us want to sit there and admit that we are obsessively trying to control anyone or anything. (laughs) Codependents be like, I'm not controlling. I'm so laid back, low key. But meanwhile, they spend. 36 hours of the day <laughs> obsessing about in their minds, how they're going to get people to do what they want or need them to do, how they're going to get their kids to act right, how they're going to get their husband or wife to act right, how they're going to get the boss to give them their A's, right? It's just like the mental obsession. And that's what we don't understand, right? A mental obsession. Mental obsession is something we talk hugely about in the, Uh, recovery in 12-step programs, right? The mental obsession to drink, the mental obsession to do drugs. And it's like, totally get it, right? Drug addicts upon getting sober, alcoholics upon getting sober can totally recognize, wow, yeah, I've been driven by a mental obsession. (laughs) But in other areas of life, it is much, much, much more sneaky. It is very, very sneaky, my friends, very sneaky, okay? It always reminds me of the uh, the butler and Mr. Deeds, and he just like appears out of nowhere. He's very, very sneaky. So codependency, and muddy codependency especially, is even more sneaky because it is wrapped in the guise of something you need, right? Codependency with your children is wrapped in the guise of, well, I'm their parent. I have to do what's best for them, right? I have to protect them. So there's all these sneaky, sneaky, sneaky ways that the codependency can hide okay so a little bit about my story (laughs) i never first of all when i when i got sober from drugs and alcohol i definitely knew that that was a problem i saw my mental obsession i saw my inability to be even remotely rational once i got substances into my body i saw where it took me i was very quickly able to understand that it was a problem When they started, when I was in rehab, so I had been in numerous rehabs, mental facilities, um, all kinds of institutions all throughout my 20s when my heroin addiction was really bad. And I started to be exposed to the concept of codependency, but I was like, yeah, that's just not me. I just totally dismissed it. I'm like, I don't care about anybody. How can I be codependent? I was just angry and bitter. Fast forward to my 30s when I ended up in my last treatment center after my, my addiction took me out through more um, pills and opiates, uh, alcohol, cocaine, um, and all these different concoctions that I was doing. And I ended up back in treatment after burning down my life. And again, once again, there was the codependency conversation and I was like, you know, that's just not me. They would, we would go to like an Al-Anon meeting once a week. Um, and I would listen to the people in Al-Anon and I'd be like, oh damn, like these people are fucked up. Right. So there I was like three, three minutes sober. (laughs) From shooting cocaine and opiate pills and heroin and (laughs) drinking myself into a stupor and I'm judging al thinking that they're more fucked up than me because they're like (laughs) obsessive when it comes to people. Okay, and it used to feel, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't handle this energy (laughs) in here, right? It's okay for me to be obsessive when it comes to drug and alcohol, but I can't get with this. I'm obsessed with controlling my partner or my kids or my family or whoever it might be. It's like, nah, I would just leave, right? So I just totally, again, was very dismissive of the idea that I was codependent. (laughs) And it's just so funny to me now. So then I started to see, they really started to break it down for us. I started to see my need to... Rescue people. I started to see my need of bailing somebody out when they were in trouble. Right. And this is so silly, but in the treatment facility I was in, they would do these pen checks. We were meant to always have a pen on us. And I get it now. It was about um, taking responsibility and ownership. Right. And so they were trying to teach us these things. And one of my friends who I got close with in the rehab, one time they were doing the pen check and she didn't have her pen. So I'm trying to like pass it to her after I got checked, right? And I got busted and they're like, that's codependent, you're rescuing her. And right, that was the seed. I started to see it, I started to see it. So I started to see it in these low key ways, but it wasn't actually until years later when I was working on my business and I was doing my trauma work and I was doing my spiritual practitioner studies and I was really, really deep into my healing that I actually started to see my biggest source of codependency was on money. I was dominated by what my bank account was doing. I completely allowed money's inflow and outflow to dictate my moods, to dictate whether or not I felt safe or secure, to dictate whether I would be able to relax. So basically it would look like this. I would sign a client or I would launch a program and a bunch of money would come in and I would be like, awesome, I feel good. I would be able to take breaks. I would let myself relax. I felt like I could breathe. And then because all the money would go out and there was all this debt and there was all of these energy leaks, I would then tense up again the moment the money would go out and I would feel the fear. And so I was in this almost like toxic, codependent, Dramatized relationship with money in my business. And so, like any good codependent, what happens when we feel like our needs aren't getting met? We feel angry, we feel bitter, we feel resentful. So I started to really resent my business. I started to really resent. And then I was compromising myself, just like the codependent person in a relationship would would do, right? Because the person believes that the source is outside of them. The person believes that this other partner is their source of happiness or love or worthiness. So it's like they keep accepting this crappy behavior. And so what I was doing was it was like I was looking at money as that supply or money as that source of security. So then I would start lowering my prices. I would start, you know, creating cheaper packages. I would start um, dismissing, you know, my worth and what I really thought my stuff should be getting charged for. And then I was resentful, right? I would do all this stuff for free, trying to force the money to come in and then I would be resentful about it. So you guys see the parallels between, it doesn't matter, right? Whether it's money, whether it's a person, whatever it is, the same symptoms and behaviors are there. So I went through the cycle, went through the cycle until I finally saw it. And then I was like, wow. And through my spiritual practitioner work, through my trauma healing, through the expansion of my consciousness, and developing my consciousness into wealth consciousness, into prosperity consciousness, through through establishing the truth in my own heart and mind that my source is within me, because my source is divine supply. My source is spirit. My source is God of all things in the physical world. And it wasn't until I finally saw that that I was started to create a little bit of freedom, right? So I started to have more consistent flow of money, but it was still fluctuating. And that's when it got to that point where I found myself in the bathroom surrendering, finally saying, you know what, fine. If I am meant to be broke forever, then I will be broke forever. Fine. Why do I even care anymore? I don't. And I finally let the idea go that I needed money to be worthy or happy or and everything shifted from there. Everything shifted from there. Why? And this is the perfect segue into the next portion of what we're talking about today, which is where does this all come from? Right? Why did it shift for me upon that moment is directly related to where this all comes from. So I have a quote from Emmett Fox. And he says, lack of any kind is always traceable to the fact that we have been seeking our supply from some secondary source instead of from God himself, the author and giver of life. Now, please keep in mind, Emmett Fox wrote these writings like a hundred years ago. Okay, so I don't get hung up on language. I don't care whether they are saying he, she, it, they Whatever. It doesn't it doesn't matter to me. That is semantics, right? Getting hung up on words for the divine presence is an indication that there is something for you to heal and let go of. That's an intellectualization and it's limiting you from experiencing God, source, spirit, universal flow, infinite intelligence. Okay, so it doesn't matter. The point is, lack of any kind is always traceable to the fact that we have been seeking our supply from some secondary source instead of from God himself, the author and giver of life. I'm going to take this one step further and remind you that you are God in form. You are life in form. You're not just backed by it. You are it. Your natural state is abundance and prosperity as is mine. However, abundance and prosperity, just like it couldn't reach me, as long as I was obsessed with controlling it, as long as I was resisting where I was, it couldn't. I couldn't truly feel and believe that I was abundant and prosperous. And until I truly felt and believed in my consciousness that I was abundant and prosperous, I couldn't actually have an abundant and prosperous experience out in the world. Let me elaborate. Every time money came in, I would have 10K months, I had 15K months, 2K months, no K months, right? It didn't matter. When the money came in, I would feel abundant and prosperous. When it went out, I would stop feeling abundant and prosperous, which means that I was not actually holding or stabilized in a true wealth consciousness, a true abundance consciousness, okay? And I'm going to take this one step further and even say many of the people who talk about wealth consciousness, who have tons of money and investments and all the things, don't actually get true divine wealth consciousness either. They're still seeing it from a very third dimensional Oh, I have wealth consciousness, so therefore I have millions of dollars in assets and investments and companies and all the things. Now, I'm not saying there is anything wrong with having any of that. However, I know many people who have all of that stuff in physical form and they live each day as though they are terrified it's going to get taken away. So, is that true prosperity? Is that true wealth consciousness? No, it is not. Right? I would rather live on a comfortable salary than be imprisoned by having more externally and not having the consciousness to match it Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. really think about that you guys because the more you create from hustle forcing doing The more you will be imprisoned by that stuff, you don't actually have the consciousness. It will be very hard, if not impossible, to hold on to it forever. However, if you have the consciousness first, then you will know, trust, and believe that you will always have what you need. Whether that is $5 or $100,000, you will always have what you need. And I'm not saying from that consciousness you cannot make investments or you know choose to have assets it's the point of like not thinking you have to have those things to feel secure because the security actually comes from your consciousness not the assets not the investments because all of those things can be taken away in a snap how many times have you seen entire neighborhoods get leveled banks fail businesses fail things just shut down overnight We've seen it. We've seen it all these past few years. This is because your security and your stability does not lie out there. So now, where does this come from? This comes from the core of the separation consciousness. It comes from the root of the dogmatic teachings that have been indoctrinated into us for the last 2,000 years. And it's all perfection. I'm not mad at them. I'm not blaming them. I'm not shaming them. It's all been absolute perfection because it's all a reflection of where we're at. But up until now, we have very, very much been programming ourselves with this idea that I'm separate from God. I'm not God. I'm separate from money. I'm not money. I'm separate from my health. I'm not my health. Right. And so as a result of this, we look outside for these things. We look to doctors or experts who talk to us for five minutes and decide whether we're healthy or not. Like what? How fucking inverted is that? We look to numbers in our bank account or employers cutting us a check. Some people, the government cutting them a check to decide whether or not they're wealthy and prosperous and worthy. We look to other people and relationships and how they're showing up to decide whether or not they're worthy and lovable. One of the most core things I see in all my clients when we do trauma work is the decision when they were a child, something happened, a traumatic incident when they were a child, where their parents were incapable of giving them what they, giving the child what they needed. And in the moment of trauma, the person decides I'm not worthy based on someone else's inability to give me what I needed. It's the ultimate inversion because we're not being told, we're not knowing from the, from the get-go that our source is God itself. Our source is spirit. This is what is known as first cause, right? Recognizing that you don't need anything in the external world to be your supply yes money actual cash pay exchange will flow through other people totally it'll flow through institutions it might flow through a relative giving you money it might flow through somebody paying you for a service it might flow through a paycheck it's all fine right the point is to expand your consciousness and recognize that that person who's paying you that parent who might be paying your way or has paid your way, that job, whatever it is, is not your supply. It's simply the the vehicle of spirit delivering your supply. That is it. Your supply is greater than. So if you truly understood this, if you truly got this in your consciousness, you would know that if your job was lost and taken away or your money from one flow closed down it would immediately be replaced from another source if you truly got this it's just like when you turn on the faucet and the water comes out if the water stops coming out of the faucet is that like you don't you you recognize when you turn the tap on that the faucet is not creating the water yes right you recognize that we all recognize that you know the faucet isn't pulling the water out of nowhere no the faucet is pulling the water from a pipe that's either plugged into a well or it's plugged into city water or it's plugged into um a bottle if you don't like to drink tap water like me right you can get those things with the alkaline water and you pump the water out and it comes out the, the the spigot a hose you turn it on like the hose isn't creating the water right so looking at your job or anything in the external world as the source of your financial supply is just like standing at your kitchen sink and thinking that the freaking tap faucet is the creator of the water it's not The well isn't even the creator of the water, right? The city, the earth, like it's so much bigger. Do you guys get that? It's so much bigger. The intelligence that is Gaia, earth is the source of the water, right? And that even bigger than that, right? It's the infinite intelligence that rules all things that has given us the gift of water. And it flows through in ways that we can't even see. It flows through aquifers. Here is our prayer. It flows through underground systems, aquifers, caves, rivers, underground rivers, through mountains, from the snow, and it melts into water, and it comes down through rivers and streams, and it goes all throughout the earth. And not once do we have to sit around thinking about The flow of that water, not once do we have to think, oh, when we turn on the tap for water, that the faucet has to go out and find that water. The water is there because the water is of the earth. The water is spirit. The water is life. So too is money. And your supply is not that job. It is not a person. It is not outside of you. Yes, I invite you to open vehicles, open pathways open the pathways go out and bring your value do the things you love because there is a universal law of exchange and compensation and reciprocity and cause and effect right so if the money showing up in your life is the effect and you are the cause what do you need to believe What belief do you need to shift right here, right now for you to begin to expand your relationship with money and stop allowing the numbers to dictate how you feel because money's going to come, money's going to flow, it's going to ebb, it's going to flow, it's going to go, it's going to go high, it's going to go low. And it's always going to be a reflection of your consciousness. And it's always going to be a reflection of exchange and where you are serving. Now, this is also an elevation. Serving, giving value does not necessarily mean working. That is the slave grid. There doesn't have to be manual labor. You don't have to do a, a quote unquote job. I mean, if you have a job and you love it, great. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Right. You can still recognize that the source of your supply is God and that there are limitless possibilities for you within that job. But if you can really recognize that you are divine and you have value and you have wisdom and you have insights and you have skill sets and you have passions and you begin to bring these to the world while also clearing out any of the inverted beliefs and the codependency you have around money you will begin to see the shifts in your receiving. You've got to sort out that giving and receiving. This is what it's all about, you guys. This is what it's all about. So right here, right now, I wanna just recognize that your supply is divine. Your supply is infinite. The only place lack and scarcity and poverty can exist is in mind, it is in consciousness. And the extreme poverty we see in the world is a reflection of centuries of a collective consciousness of poverty, of separation from the divine supply and each and every one of you and only you can decide for yourself to take the journey to expand and invest in your consciousness you don't have to go out into the world and save ever anybody of course you can by all means make all the money and go help people raise their own consciousness right this is the meaning of the quote give man or teach a man give a man a fish and feed him forever teach a man to fish and he'll feed himself forever so give him hungry man bread and you'll feed him forever but give a hungry man wealth consciousness and he'll be able to feed himself forever and that is the fucking work that i am here to do that is what money matrix detox mastermind is all about so if you are feeling this conversation if you are ready i want to hear from you if you are ready to know let's make a declaration right here right now right? Let's just know. I know the truth that you are divine supply. You're not just backed by it. You are it. You are God in form and God in form is life. God is the author and giver of life. Spirit is infinite. And so there is no shortage of anything, but the shortage that exists in your own mind. So right here, right now, I declare that shortage is cast out. I declare that each and every one of you recognizes in your heart, in your mind, in the cell, in the soul of your being, that you are abundant by nature, accept it, thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so it is my friends. I thank you as always for joining me for this divine download of sobriety podcast. I will see you guys in the next episode. Hey, Divine Badass. Thanks again for tuning in and being here on Detoxing from the Matrix, where we talk all things awakening, ascension, consciousness, and the recovery of self, soul, and spirit from being strung out on the greatest drug of all, the external matrix. If you know someone who would benefit from our illuminating conversations, please don't hesitate to share this podcast with a friend. And if you loved this episode or the podcast as a whole, don't forget to leave a review. It really helps spread the message and expand the collective. Don't hesitate to connect with me over on the socials. You can find me all over the place at I am IamLynsCarricarty. I've really been having a blast over on TikTok with some great content and conversations. You can also find me on IG or in my Facebook community, The Money Matrix Detox. Be sure to check out the links below in the description for all the connections on social media, other ways we can connect, some free gifts and resources that will support your own awakening ascension, as well as ways that we can work together.